The volcanic eruption and tsunami in Tonga were among the worst natural disasters the Pacific has seen in recent years, both in terms of their ferocity and unpredictability. Last month, the World Bank estimated the damage to be over 90 million US dollars, equivalent to 18% of Tonga's GDP. However, despite widespread destruction to houses and infrastructure, only four people were actually killed during the disaster, a statistic that has been put down to good preparedness and effective early warning systems. Joining me is disaster risk resilience expert Dr. Papon Fakrudin, who has designed and facilitated 26 tsunami early warning systems across the Asia-Pacific region since the devastating Boxing Day tsunami of 2004. Dr. Bapon is currently working as a technical director for Tonkin and Taylor. Bula, Dr. Bapon, so starting with Tonga, what were the lessons learned from the eruption of the Hunga Tonga Hunga Hapai submarine volcano and subsequent tsunami? Thank, thanks a lot. Uh, I think this is one of the very uh, milestone or critical or complex disaster, as we can say, um, in the world perspectives. And uh, often, actually, we don't see such kind of things, a combination with, you know, cascading, compounding and complex uh, disaster. Um, and that actually happened in Tonga on the 15th of January. And as you saw, the Pacifica community uh, with the less resources, Tonga actually able to create a quite uh, strong uh, response on that such kind of, you know, complex disaster that happened, in Tonga, happened there. And as well as the casualty was quite less, um, our deepest condolence, the four people that has been passed away in this particular event. But um, as, as, as a community and as, as a country, they actually responded quite well, I should say, uh, even though there was actually huge um, infrastructure damage. As you saw the World Bank report, they come up with like total damage was uh, 90.4 million uh, US dollar, or which is like an uh, around 18% of their GDP. Um, but in, on the other side, um, there are actually very less people actually get injured or affected because they know actually the history, they know that how to react, they're actually able to respond themselves with their whanau as, as well as culture. Uh, to respond to such kind of incident quite well. One of the big things that happened in Tonga that was quite an issue was the telecoms going down with the, with the undersea cable uh, getting smashed and uh, most of their comms was out for a, a, at least a week of total zero comms, which was very, very um, traumatizing for family overseas and for trying to find out what was happening on the ground. What, what is your, your view of that, that part of the disaster? Yep, I think that's one of the very good points you raised. Uh, uh, on a, such kind of you know complex disaster, and the critical infrastructure redundancy is quite important, and especially on the communication side. Uh, even if you look at any single or small disaster that happened, uh, it's the most vulnerable infrastructure is our communication. We often actually cut out to sending the early warning or even a disaster information from the national to the community level because there are either actually the uh, mobile connection disrupted, there is a lack of electricity or maybe the tower is not working properly. And and, and that has been raised uh, over and over many times in the past. And um, 
as as a government, as a society, or as a as a nation, we need to be make sure that how we have a redundant multiple system in our in place, and how actually we able to make sure that uh, there is not only just you know submarine cable, there are only alternative communication system in place. So if one disrupted, another could be actually provide some backup systems, and I think that's one of the things. Uh, Tonga maybe had a quite lessons learned this time that how they should actually emphasize more on their overall communication network as well as telecommunication infrastructure. But as well, um, the COVID may be a good example where actually it gives all the nations throughout the globe that how important this telecommunication or communication network is uh, when everything is goes digitization. Uh, our main means of communication is actually uh, through internet, through uh, telecommunication. And if you don't have a quite strong infrastructure in place, it could be quite critical to communicate uh, at this present moment. Um, th th there are actually some initiatives also going on um, in the Pacific through multiple projects to how actually they could enhance their rapid alert notification systems. For an example, you can have a your normal communication systems, which could be quite good for your cyclone or maybe normal flooding or maybe a slow onset disaster like in you know, a drought and other kind of things. But when there is a rapid disaster, such as like a tsunami or earthquake happen, and which could actually create a huge disruption on the infrastructure, we need to have a quite redundant rapid alert notification system so that the information could be reached out quite faster. Um, able to reach out with multiple ways. And in that regards, uh, there has been a couple of systems that we implemented in the in the Indian Ocean back in 2004 tsunami, which we call like a rapid tsunami alert notification system. Uh, and that has sort of promoted by ITU, like International Telecommunication Regulatory Authority, that how we can actually enhance our overall emergency communication systems. And those are actually progressing in, in the Pacific to look at how the telecom sector closely work with disaster management as well as meteorological services to enhance their overall communication system in place. Yeah, you, you made an interesting point um, uh, when we were talking earlier about like the, the traditional mindset of development and infrastructure development is like roads and wharves and bridges and these kind of things. Um, uh, you, were, you were saying that maybe there might be a need to, to shift the mentality as well and recognize the importance of, of telecom infrastructure. Absolutely. I think um, uh, our mindset always works on actually, or our priorities always goes for actually quite great development infrastructure in terms of you know housing buildings road network those kind of criticality um, or critical infrastructure but um, we often actually try to sideline our uh, telco or our emergency communication infrastructure because this normally doesn't need if there is any emergency comes and i think that and again i would say the covid could be a good example even in new zealand or in very other other developed countries still we have we are using a couple of those copper connection connected internet there is a lack of fiber network there are actually not all the part of the country is actually well covered by 4g or uh, telecom um, mobile networks so uh, that gives us a maybe a realization now that why actually we need to spend um, or divert our focus on 
uh, enhancing the communication infrastructure so that every part of the countries, every people in the society are able to well connected to with their nearest one, with their dearest one, as well as with their business and other um, contingency or continuity.